members of PHFFL. What is going on? Commissioner Conlon coming at you here from Tuck's Pub on another episode, on the final episode for the 2020 season of the Race to Three podcast. It's 2021. It's NFL wildcard weekend right now as we speak. It is the fourth quarter between the Buffalo Bills and the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Stefan Diggs just caught a bomb from Josh Allen to throw the Buffalo Bills up two scores here. So 24-10 is where that's at. So that gives you an idea. It's Saturday afternoon when I'm recording this, and we do have something to celebrate. So the Race to Three podcast has yet again picked up another G.O., um, and I bet you the majority of you guys can figure it out just with this 10-second clip. Good day, mate. That's right. We picked up a country and a continent with that one. The land down under. Australia. With that, I'll crack a cold one. Ah, no, it's not Foster's. Foster's American for beer. Yes, and I know I don't need everyone to tell me. I understand that supposedly Australians don't really drink Fosters, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to roll with it. Um, what do I know about Australia? Everything I know about Australia comes from the, men, the, the Men's at Work song, The Land Down Under, or from Crocodile Dundee. So that is as far as my knowledge goes. I mean, y- you can't hate The Land Down Under. Let's, let's listen to it a little bit more. All right, that's enough of that. Australia, welcome aboard. But it's time that we get down into this thing. Uh, We do have some housekeeping items to cover off. So 2020, we're putting a bow on it. It's time. Everyone's already started to shift their focus on to 2021, the offseason, next season. uh, Already hype starting to build around offseason trades. Already hype starting to build up around the draft, around the Howler game. I'm looking forward to all of that. So with that, I want to make sure I get you guys the draft order uh, so you guys all know what that is. I'll obviously also put all this stuff in Messenger so you guys all have this available to you. But real quick, at least right now, I'll go through and I'll run through the top 12 picks, so the first round, and let everyone know where they're sitting. If you look at this, if something doesn't seem right to you, if something seems off, if uh, there's a trade that maybe I missed or I did not interpret correctly, make sure you get it to me and we'll get this fixed. I'm pretty sure we got this 100% ironed out. Uh, with that said, no further ado, number one pick, we all know who it was, the winner of the Toilet Bowl, Jake Meyer himself, show me where you shit from, they'll be holding that number one pick, uh, so they'll be able to take whoever ends up on top of their draft board, they won't worry, have to worry about someone sharking, sharking them, uh, from there, we got Alex's wham, bam, fuck you Cam, he's sitting at number two, coming in at number three, we have Hungry, Horny, and he, he, Henry, uh, number four, CT, Chadillac, Chad Thompson, Jerry's kids. So we'll be drafting at number four. Uh, and then number five, this is where we get into our first trade that affected this draft order. So we talked about this actually on the last week's episode. 
when Nate was on here, he had said that he has New Year's resolution of this year to make sure he keeps his 2022 draft picks. Uh, th this trade is a direct result of that. So at number five, again, we have Hungry, Horny, and He, He, Henry. So Quinn, you got two top five picks. You got to like that. You got to love to be able to go out there and find a couple other pieces of the puzzle that you can add to that Derrick Henry-led Hungry, Horny, and He, He, Henry. So have your scouts out there. Be paying close attention to the NFL draft. I know you will be. Uh, so that's the fifth pick. Coming into the sixth pick now, we got Dan Lofridge's centers, centers Like Me, and he's back-to-back -back here. So he also owns the seventh pick. That was courtesy of a trade from Dirty Van Super Punters. So, Dan, you got the sixth pick and the seventh pick. From there, we move on to the eighth pick. Harv, Gurley's gone wild. You guys will be drafting out of that slot. Uh, number nine, the Tomcats, Tommy B. You will be drafting nine this summer. Uh, number 10, Malk Daddy, Russ Cook, that is where you're sitting. And then we have the two that were in the championship. So the OBJYN will be picking 11th. And then the boys of fall will round out the first round with the 12th overall pick. So that, that's the 12 picks. In the track I'll put out, I have 1 through 24. Like I said, go in there, look at it. Let me know if there's anything I missed or did wrong. So that's my first housekeeping item I wanted to cover. The second one I want to make sure that I cover is the Empire Pot. So you guys all know that it's growing. Um, the financial advisors of the PHFFL it's it's entrusted hands they're taking care of it so that pot is up to now we've had four seasons complete that is that pot now is up to four hundred dollars so i'll make sure as usual i send a screenshot of that that way you guys all see that your guys's investment is sitting there nice and protected so we'll have that i'll put all that stuff out there i mean really that's all i have for housekeeping items for you guys um, with that, we did have a mailbag question come in here, so we'll scooty on over to the mailbag. Mail. Alright, here we are in the mailbag, and our lone question this year, or not this year, that for this week that comes in, comes in from Malk Daddy himself, owner and GM of Russ Cook. He reaches out, and he wanted to know, when are we able to trade again so pretty straightforward question a question that i think everyone wants to know everyone cares about like i said everyone's already starting to shift their attention to 2021 i love it um nathan i mean shit he already went out there and he put stuff on the trade block for everyone to see i love it it's ownership like that that makes this league so great dynasty the great thing about it in my eyes is that it's a year-round thing it's not just in the regular season so i mean Really, you can engage in it as much as you want year-round. Uh, it makes it fun, a lot of fun for me. Sometimes I think the off-season and the building and executing of trades and building a powerhouse is just as fun as the regular season. So to get to the question here, uh, essentially trades, I mean, you're free to do them now that the season's complete, whatever you want. With that said, they cannot actually be executed through our platform, which obviously you all know is ESPN, so they can't actually process it through our platform until I'm able to convert it and shift and activate the 2021 league year. Um, I typically think it's around spring, sometimes spring, maybe actually around NFL draft time when I have the ability to do that. I try to keep an eye on it. When I have the chance to activate it, I activate it right away so you guys can officially process through there. Then with that said, 
nothing is keeping anybody from going ahead and making deals, um, coming to an agreement with people outside of the application. Just know there is, I guess, a little bit of risk that comes with it. I mean, we're all friends here. We all know each other. Our words, pretty pretty everyone's words good for it here. So, I mean, if you come to an agreement with someone, just understand you'll have to actually wait until the 2021 league year is activated within ESPN to go ahead and execute those. So, I mean... That, that's all I got for you guys for the mailbag. So we'll, we'll, we'll put a bow on that for the year. And now it is time to get into the meat of tonight's show. And as always, the meat of tonight's show is brought to you by T&T Barbecue. What is the meat of tonight? Well, we have an award show coming at you. And so for me, that's big, big, big. Um, big, you gotta love it. So, what do I think? To me, that is an award-winning TNT pork butt, pulled pork. That's what we're putting out on the platter. That's what you guys are all getting with a award show. This ain't no all meat matters. This ain't no RGQ barbecue. This is TNT barbecue. Our meat is dynamite. Let's go ahead and let's get into this award show. So, I'm looking forward to this. I sent out the ballot to everybody. Um, for the most part, over three-fourths, we got we got all the responses in. Everything's locked in here. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to rip through who the candidates were. I'm going to go ahead and tell you who the finalists were. Uh, note that all finalists came from – our finalists were pretty much determined by who captured votes. So I'll, I'll get into all that, and we'll go and we'll – Break it all down for everybody. So with that, the first award that we got to get into here is the 2020 PHFFL MVP. So some scuttlebutt around there, out there, people thinking their players were snubbed, their people were snubbed. I mean, where's Derrick Henry? Where's Aaron Rodgers? Where's Patrick Mahomes? Where's Alvin Kamara? The way these nominees were decided essentially won you had to have gotten your team into the playoffs. So in my mind, to be an PHFFL MVP, you had to get your team into the money, into those final six. So all of the all the MVP candidates we had out there did just that. Secondly, we only were putting up one nominee per team. So, I mean, you look at some of those. Let's, let's look at Ben's roster, for instance, where arguably it could have been Patrick Mahomes. I, I had slotted in Aaron Jones there. Why did I did that, do that? To me, it was all just came down to what I thought and what I felt in terms of which one of those is there more scarcity at that position. Patrick Mahomes, obviously stud quarterback one. To me, Aaron Jones, especially with Saquon going down, that was the most valuable piece to the OBJYN this year. So that's how that was determined. Uh, with that, our candidates and our nominees were Aaron Jones, uh, running back five on the year, Averaging 18.5 points a game, threw up 258.9 points a game for the season. Obviously, holding down the backfield there for the Packer fan, the OBJYN. Secondly, we had back-to-back Packers. So another Packer in here. This one, none other than Devontae Adams. Wide receiver one on the year. Had a monster, monster year. Plays for the Tomcats. Devontae Adams was averaging 25.6 points. Threw up 358 points on the year. So, I mean, you're talking a monster, monster year. Pretty wild. Uh, Both Ben, Tom, obviously Packer fans, both have to be happy that the best players, most valuable players on your squad are also valuable on your guys' NFL team as well, the Packers. 
from there, we'll continue on. Gurley's gone wild. They had DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf had a great second year in the league, in the NFL, in the PHFFL. He ended up being good for wide receiver six on the year, uh, averaging 17 points a game, throwing up 271 points on the year. Um, the next nominee that we had, James Robinson. So this is a guy at the beginning of the year, if you would have told me that James Robinson was going to be a PHFFL MVP nominee, I would have said, no way in hell. Hell, even if you probably would have asked me that maybe halfway through the year when he's already been good for that long, you know, I kind of thought he would eventually fade. Didn't happen. Malk Daddy got a hell of a pickup that is on, that he got off the waiver wire. Going to throw a little teaser out there. We will talk about him again for another award. Uh, James Robinson here, obviously for what, what Russ Cook. RB4 on the year. That's just mind-boggling. We got RB4 scraped up off the waiver wire. He was good on average for 17.9 points a week, giving him 250 points throughout the year, really helping Russ Cook solidify their backfield. Uh, then rolling into Josh Allen. We talked a lot about it on this show throughout the season. As Josh Allen went, Dirty Van Super Punters went. He was really the catalyst, the driver, the engine of Dirty Van Super Punters, in my eyes anyways. So we had Josh Allen, quarterback two on the year, averaging 32.2 points a game, throwing up a monster 515 points on the year. Um, sometimes it's tough for context. Quarterbacks in our leagues with six-point passing touchdowns and 20 yards for every point. Uh, quarterback score big points with 515 is nothing to, to, to turn your nose up at, nonetheless. Then our last nominee here, Travis Kelsey. Uh, my boy Travis Kelsey from the Boys of Fall. He was tight end one on the year. Threw up 20.9 points, good for 312 points on the season. I mean, the guy would have been, I mean, hell, he would have been good if DK Metcalf was wide receiver six for 271 points. I mean, I'm pretty sure Travis Kelsey's easily then a top five, even wide receiver at that point in time. He was great to have on the year. But with that, let's go ahead. Those are who you're nominating. Let me get in here. Let me let me open up the envelope. Get the background. Ah, here we go. All right. So you're a finalist for the 2020 Powerhouse Fantasy Football League MVPs. We had... Devontae Adams, the Tomcats, wide receiver one. Travis Kelsey, the boys of fall, tight end one on the season. And then Josh Allen, Dirty Van Super Punters, quarterback two on the season. Those are your three finalists. Let me go ahead, open up this envelope here and see who won the 2020 Powerhouse Fantasy Football League MVP. Oh, wow, this was a tight, tight race. But the winner is well-deserved, more than well-deserved, none other than Devontae Adams, the Comcats, Devontae Adams. Congratulations, you're bringing home the hardware for being the 2020 PHFL MVP. And I was able to reach out to Tom and get some thoughts from Tom and um, of what he thought of Devontae Adams and MVP and let him go ahead and share some words that he thought Devontae Adams had as well. Let me get those to you here. All right, Tommy says, and I'm just going to quote him verbatim. He says, 
there isn't much there isn't much anything better than owning one of your favorite players and watching them succeed and not only getting your team to the phl playoffs but helping lead your favorite nfl team to a first round bye in the nfl playoffs wish the rest of my team could have performed like he did this year I hope that he stays a successful centerpiece of the Tomcats organization for years to come as we try to get a couple more championships. I mean, Tom, can't argue with anything you had to say there. It does have to be a great feeling to have your best player, to have the landslide MVP. I mean, he took home, to break it down for the folks, he took home 67% of the votes. Second place, we had a runner-up there, Travis Kelsey. He took home 22% of the votes. And then rounding out third was Josh Allen taking on third of the votes. I mean, Tommy, that has to feel good, good, good. Congratulations to you. Congratulations, Devontae Adams. You guys can crack some cold ones and celebrate with that. I'm going to whip my whistle before we get into the 2020 Rookie of the Year and unveil who won that. Ah, Yeah, that is good. That is good. All right, let's see here. Yep, so now scrolling down here. 2020 Rookie of the Year was the next award. PHFFL MVP, that's prestigious. That is where everyone wants to be. That is where these 2020 Rookie of the Year candidates want to get to. Um, so let's go ahead just dive into it. I mean, Dynasty League, right? Like, rookies, this is huge. We'll see if these guys are the future of the PHFFL. Winning this award sure means that they're looking like they are. So our candidates for this one, I said we'd mention him again. He was up for PHFFL MVP nominee. We had James Robinson, Russ Cook. I already gave you the spiel. I won't keep going on it. Secondly, we had Jonathan Taylor of the Nate Underdogs, running back seven on the year, averaging 16.9 points, threw up 252 points total on the year. Big, big year. A lot of that came down the last quarter last half of the season I mean he was solid steady the whole year really showed what he was capable of though there in the back half of this season Nate Daddy that's got to get you excited there uh next we had up was and we got back-to-back candidates from the same team here so no no stranger to the rookie of the year here centers like me his first candidate being Justin Herbert quarterback nine on the year averaged 30 points on the season, threw up 438 points, looks to be a solid franchise quarterback for centers like me for years to come. With that, we had another another candidate there, nominee, like I said, out of centers like me, Justin Herbert. He was connecting. He was tossing it in PHFFL world all season long to Justin Jefferson. So Justin Jefferson was wide receiver eight on the year, averaged 17 points, and threw up 274.2 points on the season. Um, and this was the one out of all of the awards we have. I mean, this one was neck and neck the closest. Let me go ahead. Let me grab the envelopes and see who the finalists are for this award. Ah, uh, yes. Here we go. So we only have two finalists on this one. Only two that got votes here. I don't think it's going to be any surprise who the two are. So we had James Robinson. He didn't grab votes for the MVP, but he grabbed the votes here for the Rookie of the Year. And then we had Justin Jefferson of Centers Like Me. Let me unseal this envelope here. Pull it out. Tight, tight, tight. But the winner is Justin Jefferson 
Sinners like me, wide receiver, Dan, Justin Jefferson, congratulations. James Robinson, you were up for MVP. I have a feeling you'll have a chance to gun for that again in the future. Um, Dan, that has to feel really, really good to have two candidates in there and have one take home the award. I was also able to get some feedback or some intel from Dan an award speech or an acceptance speech, I guess I should say. And yeah, I guess I should say, Tommy, the trophy is in the mail. If you want to give it to Devontae Adams, you can give it to Devontae Adams. If you want to hold it, you can hold it. Dan, same with you and Justin Jefferson. Let's go ahead here and give you guys this acceptance speech verbatim. He says, first of all, he would like to thank God. Without him, he wouldn't be where he's at today. Secondly, Got to thank his mama for raising him and being a hard-working single mother. And then Dan says, he doesn't know that for sure. Don't fact-check him on that. He's just throwing out assumptions here. Then he says, he would like to thank Taylor Malcolm for giving him away like a sack of potatoes. And he's so blessed to be on such a great team with a winning culture. Lastly, he would like to tell the PHFFL to watch out for sinners like me next year. Oh, and thanks for all the votes. He appreciates it greatly. So there you go. Daniel spoke on behalf of Justin Jefferson, and they put the league on watch for next season, folks. So get ready for that. It'll be interesting to see if those two ascending rookies take centers like me to the next level next year. Here we go. Let's keep going through here. Our next award we're getting into. So those two were very, very specific to the PHFFL, very specific to player performance in the PHFFL. Now it's time to flip shift gears a little bit and get into the race to three podcast awards and the first one we had up here was the best co-host award so we had a plethora plethora of you of you guys were able to become co-host or be on the show and be co-host with me this season um, so I'll just rip roar through everyone that was. We had Ben Nielsen. He was on the first half season review show. Chad Thompson, Chadillac CT. He was on the week 14 preview wildcard weekend. Daniel Lawfridge. We did the first quarter season review together. Nate Daddy, Nathan Pierce, week three preview together. Taylor, Mal- Taylor Malcolm, Malk Daddy himself. He, he was the first co-host we brought on here. Week one preview. We kicked things off together. Then we went up to H-Town. We had Tom and Duke Binkin, week seven preview. And then we got Quinners, Quinn Pels, owner and GM of Hungry Horny. And he, he, Henry, he came and he sat down with me week 11 to give you guys a little bit of a preview and a rewind of week 10. This is what I'll just stop and say. One, thank you all for being co-hosts this season. It was greatly appreciated. You know, you guys came out here. Hashtag podcast is tough. Podcast is tough. It's not easy. You guys came in, you all had one crack at this year, and you guys said, awesome. We'll have you all back on the show if we continue to do this next season. We'll have everyone back, and I'm sure the second time around, you guys will be even better than you were the first time. But with that all said, let's go ahead and let's find out who our finalists were. All right, opening up the envelope here. All right, we had four finalists for this award. So we'll just go rip-roar through this. Alphabetically, we had Chad Thompson and his beauty of work he gave us on that Week 14 preview wildcard weekend. We had Daniel Lawfridge on his first quarter season review. 
then Nathan Pierce on a week three preview. And to wrap up, our finalist was Quinn Pels on a week 11 preview. I'm excited to see who pulled out, who won this thing again. Everyone crushed it that came on this show. Let's see who all the league members thought crushed it the most. Opening up the envelope. And the winner for the 2020 best co-host of the Race to 3 podcast is none other than owner and GM of Jerry's Kids, Chad Thompson, Chad Lack, CT, congratulations. I mean, you came up here in a big, big way in the votes. Congratulations. Um, Runner-up here was Nathan Pierce. I luckily, uh, we got a little feedback here from Chad as well. Um, and, and I'll just kind of paraphrase what he said. He said it was an honor to take home this award. He appreciated it. He loved, he had a lot of fun on the podcast. And he loves knowing that everyone loved it and had fun listening to it. And he has a New Year's resolution slash wish of returning back on to the Race 3 podcast and doing it again. Chadillac CT will definitely get you back on on the show again. We'll be able to turn that wish into reality, so don't worry about that. Um, yeah, it was, it was a hell of a time with all of you guys. And, you know, I was pretty surprised, CT. I don't know if you saw, not only did your podcasting, not only did it make an influence on the PHFL members and gave them enjoyment to something to listen to that week. But I also think your plea that week of Cole Beasley, not that bad. That's starting to become a reality. Cole Beasley was named to the second team AP all pro team. You know, Chadillac, I was expecting to get a little bit of this out of you. And the one thing about it is too, that I've been wanting to say for a long time to ESPN is that Cole Beasley isn't that bad. You know, <laughs> I, I tell you, I benched his ass a couple weeks ago, and he scored, I don't know what it was, but plenty, plenty. Yeah, it must, um, must have been the week he threw up 27.9, and then he bested that this week for you with a 28. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I read the, you know, the little note next to the name, and they're just like, basically, well – He's he's not going to get any targets, um, so just bench him. So you know what? ESPN doesn't always know best. Thank you, Cole yeah. Beasley, for the monster performance, bud, because it was exactly what Jerry's kids was looking for. I'm pretty confident CT it was with gold takes like that that brought you home the gold in the 2020 Pest Co-Host Award on the Race 3 podcast and evidence to me that the Race 3 podcast has legs on it. You're, I'll just go ahead and say rant there on Cole Beasley. That obviously grew legs, went across the media. Everyone listened to everyone, took notice that Cole Beasley is not that bad, and he's not that bad to the tune of second team all pro, which is nothing to sniff at for sure. So congratulations to you, Chad Thompson. Congratulations to you, Cole Beasley, and for our final award, and one I'm excited to get into and look at, uh, we had the best moments of the 2020 Race to Three podcast, and we had a plethora of great moments. 
Um, really too many to pick pick from, to be honest with you guys. But I picked, you know, a handful that I thought were really, really good. Uh, I'll just rip Roar again through what all of our nominees were. So we had Ben speaking about Will Fuller's doctor, um, tell, telling us that he was a quack, you know, because he, he got popped for the old PED issue. Um, Chad, I mean, we just listened to it. He, he went on his rant about Cole Beasley. That was classic. Uh, just last week, Claire interrupting the Race to Three podcast show to make sure that her garlic shit was brought to her. Um, for anyone that was concerned about the garlic stuff, it was garlic bread that was down in the deep freeze. I took care of the situation. The garlic bread was delivered. Uh, next, we had Daniel. We were talking about Hungry Horny and Hee Hee Henry. We were looking at the logo. Um, had a little talk about King Arthur and Daniel. I mean, he didn't bring a whole lot to the table there on that, but he did did confirm that there was indeed a sword in Hungry Horny and Hee Hee Henry's team logo. Um, Jake, just, just a couple weeks ago on the old Christmas episode going into the championship week, Jake went ahead and he, he let everybody know what everyone was interested in, or at least I was interested in on whose shitter is shown after a victory is it his shitter is it the opponent shitter he broke that down for us it was comedy gold uh Malk daddy and myself all the way back at the week one preview we had a little little happy drinking versus sad drinking moment going on there describing the two because we were going head to head um describing what could potentially happen that night old nate daddy nathan when i was looking needed advice you know i was going we were going on the old uh anniversary where we were going on a little vacay anniversary happened to land on a Buccaneers Monday night football game I need advice how to do that Nathan I mean he broke down the best advice I think I've ever maybe received in my 30 years on this earth thus far and it was just a nice nod and tip of the hat to Applebee's then I mean we, we talked about that show when we were up in H-Town old Tom and Duke um, not, nothing was more classic than old Tom and Duke wetting their whistles than, you know, Tommy just telling, give, giving it to Jake, letting Jake know that he and his team sucked, which admittedly ended up being pretty accurate for most season. I mean, he finished very, very bottom in the league in the regular season. But Jake, you and show me where you shit from. You rose from the ashes to win the toilet bowl and take home that first pick. And then lastly, I mean, Hungry Horny and he Henry, we had – Many variations of that uh, through, through, throughout the year that were provided by your team name. We got to figure out from Quinn that week, how the hell did you dream up that team name and where did it come from? So, I mean, with that, no further ado, I'm, I'm going to do this one a little bit different. I will go, um, we ultimately had, one second here, I know what we're missing. We need a little award show music in the background. Uh, yeah, that is nice. Makes you feel like you're at a ward show. This is good. So we had one, two, three, four, five, six here receiving votes. Um, I'll get through all of those, but I mean, what I'm going to do, I'll give you, we had two that were received multiple votes, so it will be the ones I bring to you. Let's go ahead here, open up this envelope, and start with what took second place in the best moment of the 2020 race 
to three podcast season. Show me where you ship from fully intends. Now I got to ask, I've always wondered this is show me where you ship from. Are you looking like, like when you beat the shit out of somebody, are you looking at your opponent's shitter? Are you showing your shitter to the opponent? Which one is it? Oh, it's showing my shitter to the opponent. Just, (laughs) you know, just like Braveheart where they're getting ready to go off to war, you know, and they all flip around and show their asses, start spanking them at their opponent, you know, before they go Uh, whip their ass. Oh yeah, baby. Jake Meyer taking home the silver there, giving us a gold explanation of whose shitter sees who. End of the day on that week, you happen to be the one showing the shitter. With no further ado, let's get into the big moment. What was the best moment of the 2020 Race to 3 podcast season? Let me fumble here with this envelope. You know, I've learned watching award shows throughout the year. You got to build suspense. So that's what I'm trying to do. Opening up this envelope. Ah, and this is pure gold. Let's get to it. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wag mail. Hey, Kamish Conlon. This is your boy, Nate of Nasty Nate's Greats, giving you a call, a uh, little advice on what to do for your first anniversary. Uh, first thing I got to say, welcome to the big show. Vacation's over. You're in the real deal now. Second thing, you're going to North Carolina. You're going to want to go someplace local, like an Applebee's. Get the two for 20 menu, uh, some dollar drinks, and then definitely split the tab with her because the next morning... She's totally going to be up for some IHOP. So uh, just, just keep it real. Be ready for that, uh, for that, breakfast, that breakfast stuff. You know what I'm saying? All right. Well, that's all I got to say. Peace. Nathan Pierce bringing home the gold for the prestigious best moment of the 2020 Race to 3 podcast season at this point in time. The best moment in the Race of Three podcast history. Nathan Pierce, congratulations. Your trophy is in the mail. Display it proudly. I was lucky enough to get Nate's acceptance speech. Let me get to it here and bring it to all of you guys. Nathan, he writes, he says, I'd like to thank Applebee's for this award. I'll be sure to make sure to make an appearance for Half Price Apps to show my gratitude. I think that's a great way to celebrate, Nathan. That's a good, great idea. I tell you what, again, some of the best advice I've received on my 30 years on this earth. But, I mean, with that, I mean, that's what we got for you guys. I mean, that's the awards. That's all the awards we had this year. That's a wrap on that. Congratulations to all of our finalists and a bigger congratulations to all of our award winners. Um, I will bring you guys betting advice for one last time on the year. It's obviously wild card weekend in the NFL my Buccaneers play tonight on Saturday night football. Let me see here. Let me pull up Odd Shark. I don't know if I want to. I mean, I got strong thoughts about the game, but I don't want to. I don't know if I want to put those out there in the ether. Might cause some kind of bad juju. So let me open up the consensus. Let me see what the Sunday night matchup is. You know what? To hell with it. I don't really care. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to give you exactly what I think is going to happen tonight. Saturday night football. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the Washington football team. We have the Buccaneers on the road 
in the playoffs for the first time in 13 years. They are a nine at this point in time, a nine and a half point favorite. So the line had opened at seven and a half. It has increased since then. So you know where the money's at. 58% of the money is on the Buccaneers to cover that nine and a half. We have an over under a 45. This one's pretty split. The public consensus right now is 51% are taking the over. This is what I will say. Smash the shit out of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers covering that nine and a half. I am, I'll take a 20-point adjusted spread if you want. I'm going to say the Buccaneers go bonkers tonight. They do big things. I don't think, I do believe the Washington football team, they have a great defense, a great defensive line. Most importantly, that really hurts Tampa Bay. We've struggled against that in the past. I think all cylinders are humming. Plus, I also think the Washington football team's offense with either a banged-up Alex Smith or with Tyler Henneke isn't going to be able to do a whole lot I don't think they slow down the Buccaneers' offense not a lot. I think I'm going to be cracking gold ones like crazy. Having a lot of fun, so go ahead and take the over there. Um, or excuse me, take the 9.5 there, Buccaneers' favorite. And then I put the cart in front of the horse. But yes, go ahead and take that over. I do think Tampa Bay puts up 30-plus on their own tonight. So I'm going to take that 45 points over. There you go. Smash those in. Go ahead. Make yourself some easy parlay money on a Saturday night. I mean, with that, that's all I got for you guys. That's a wrap-up for this show. That's a wrap-up for the 2020 season. Um, Everything going into next year, it's all TBD. We'll we'll see if we bring the Race of Three podcast back on the airways. I got to make sure I get a contract signed and inked with Anchor. Um, Get get all that figured out. I mean, now, when we started this, north america i thought i thought we'd capture that right and then picture us grabbing asia and picture us grabbing europe and picture us grabbing australia so we'll have to go there we'll have to work out the contract and see if the race of three podcast will be back on the airwaves for you guys next season with that all said i had a great time coming at you guys once a week all week throughout this season appreciate all you guys owners one participating in this where you could and two, just the participation in the league, continuing to set the standard in the Powerhouse Hands Football League as the de facto best league in fantasy football that's out there. Um, tip of my hat to you guys. I appreciate it. I mean, with that, I'm out for the day, out for the season. Cheers to you guys. Cheers to the league.